Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words! Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to Fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do but we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to disentangle you from the guardian knot of the internet's bullshit. And I'm Matt Saitzing, and I'm just glad to be invited back for a second week in a row. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make it a habit. Hey. About to make it a habit. If you play if you play your cards right, you could turn this guest hosting gig into a permanent position. A permanent time wasting position. No, I'm just kidding. You're not you're not wasting time when you're with your friends. So that's right. And that's kind of what this week's episode's about. We're gonna be talking a lot about work today. Not yep. our actual jobs works bosses who listen to this. Yeah, I would never do that. Yep. We're going to be talking about other people's shitty jobs. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about labor in general. And, you know, um, not to tip the hand too much, but we got a little cross species tease. I guess all the fucking bestiality people out there are fucking losing their minds. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a while since we shouted out to our furry friends. Uh, our, our, our furry, our furry friends, not our, our furry friends. Oh, I was gonna say, my, I got my cat right next. I got my furry friend right next to me here. Um, different, no, it, different kind it, of furry friend. Oh, I definitely know. Yeah, um, and it's ironic that we're talking about labor today because we're talking about it the day after a national holiday, the Fourth of July. Today is the, as of the recording, it is the fifth of July. And if you have a good job, you had yesterday off. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And if you have an essential job, you were deemed too essential to have the day off. Yeah, just like every day during the pandemic, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, so yeah. How, what? Oh, I go, think we were asking each other the same question. We right? would. You, you would. You go ahead. No, yeah. you go ahead. All right. So, what? How, Ryan, how did you spend your Independence Day? Oh, well, thank you for asking, Matt. <laughs> Uh, I, I took the kids up to the Poconos. Uh, Aaron and I went camping at uh, in my friend's yard, and I had what I could only describe as the first fireworks show that I actually enjoyed Oh, uh, since childhood. And you've been around for 39 years. You've seen upwards of 30 of them, I'm sure. I mean, these days, people just shoot off fireworks for no fucking oh, reason. Oh, in the fucking city. They do it like it's their job. <laughs> But yeah, uh, my friends put on a a fireworks show that rivals oh. any small municipality. Wow. Okay. Wow. Good for good for. Uh, do we want to say their names on the pod? Well, we'll say the husband's name. Okay. We'll say w- way to go. It's another Matt. So you know he's you know so you yeah, know he's fucking it's, awesome. It's, it's another Matt. Matt. Matt had Matt put on a fucking phenomenal fireworks show. You know that's what Matts do. They just put in they put in the work and they put on the show and everyone's <laughs> everyone's happy. So shout out to all the Matts out there, all fellow Matts and all Matts bosses. He puts in the work. Yeah, yeah. To my to the CEO. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make sure I put in the work. Uh, I spent my Fourth of July. Um, I hung out a lot with my mother. Uh, she moved up here about a year ago. I live four miles away from her. It's awesome. I see her all the time. Probably not as much as she would like, I'll be honest, right? But because she's well, mom, moms, am I right? That's the mother's paradox right there. Yeah, How much is yeah. enough? Nothing is enough. Right, right. Her baby but, her baby boy's her baby boy, and she wants to see him every day. Yeah, I'm life. her only son. But um, no, we, we, we play Scrabble. Um, my mom is cutthroat. With Scrabble, Like there was a word um, she wrote down. I can't remember what the word was. 
Oh, well, that's probably why you're not very good at Scrabble. I said I won, actually. 307 to 275 points, so go fuck yourself. Eat shit, Mom! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> those, are, those, those are amateur points. I think my single game, two-player Scrabble high score is 512. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, it was the first time I played in a year. Look at Ryan with a big brain, right? <laughs> All I'm saying is that you need to keep me away from your mom because I... Well, I for many reasons. Have... For many reasons, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I am a, I am, I am a, I am a married man, Matt, and I, I respect the sanctity of your family far too much to be your father. All right, well, I, uh, I appreciate that. Step, um, stepfather. Bold of you to know you could land my mom. I mean, like you, you just, you just assume you could sweep her off her feet, which are once on orthopedic shoes, probably. <laughs> no, I'm I, just kidding. She's not. What? Once I, once I knock her down in a Scrabble game. Ugh. Right, let's stop. Let's stop. Let's just stop at that. I think, I I think promise, this I is a good Matt, point to not go any further. <laughs> Matt, I promise you, if I am blessed enough. Oh, God. To become your new stepfather. You get two Christmases. The only time that I will beat your mom. Oh, whoa. Is when we're playing Scrabble. You know, um, God damn. I don't want you to, th- you know. <laughs> So anyway, this labor episode here, I feel oh like I'm la- I feel like I'm laboring over this fucking episode, you know. I will conclude the Scrabble discussion by saying that I do have a track record of older women refusing to play Scrabble with me because of how hard I've just absolutely destroyed them. Uh, they were going to say because of how hard you get playing Scrabble. I'm just a huge, <laughs> I'm a huge, it's like, it's, it's, like, it's like you need to call in SEAL Team 6, you know. They will not let me volunteer at the retirement community anymore. What a badge of courage. Yeah, that's that's just it's just how hard I get at Scrabble. Don't even get me started on Mahjong. Oh, wow. Well, that's the uh, there's the other ladies across the L- hall. L- from let's my just mom. say there's a reason Mahjong rhymes with my dong. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that was the fourth of July. Um, we almost had fireworks on this show um, going a little crazy there. But um, should we jump into our first topic, Ryan? Yeah. All right, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, I believe yeah. you had a is it am I the asshole? Yes, it is. Well, I am. Uh, in this case today i am the bigger asshole but let's be honest matt on this podcast everybody sucks here yeah well also um uh it's like 50 50 for assholedom we do a pretty good equitable job of being the asshole i feel like Uh you know so yeah but i think i think we're different different kinds of assholes but let's talk about what kind of asshole we're talking about today on the internet already this is posted by user banana munchie oh so am I the asshole for refusing not to suggestively eating a banana? Now, I understand grammatically that's not. Yeah, I was doing it, the math in my head. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not kosher. It's a little bit of a mushy banana, grammatically speaking. But basically, there's a 36 year old man who works as a programmer in what they describe as a medium sized office with about 20 people. So they hired a young woman to come work there and. Uh, sometime shortly after this young woman was hired, he gets called into the HR office because someone made a complaint that he was making aggressive and unwanted sexual advances towards them. Oh, in the workplace, that's usually bad. So in the workplace, that's bad. So let's uh, on the surface, we're going to go ahead and say that if you make unwanted sexual advances towards someone in your workplace, especially if they're aggressive, yeah right like that's that, that's, <laughs> that's just like twofer a, that's twofer yeah, yeah. that's a that's a, that's a force multiplier right there once you throw, <laughs> once you throw aggression into your sexual advances it, it goes from being problematic to being criminal yeah yeah so apparently he was suggestively and inappropriately eating a banana in this young woman's direction 
And <laughs> was a banana pointing at them in the direction? Like, like what? Do you, like, what? Was he just facing her? Was the banana like pointed at her? Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. But what I do know is that apparently she wants him fired. Oh, or she will sue. Oh, well, all right. First of all, we found the Karen in the office. Uh, you know, you threatened to sue your employer over someone eating a fruit. That's just weird. Uh, but here's the thing. So, let's hypothetically imagine a scenario in which uh-huh. eating a banana suggestively could be construed as sexual harassment. I could absolutely see a scenario in which somebody eating a banana in an aggressive sexual manner could make somebody uncomfortable in the workplace. Do you have a banana in the house? And can you demonstrate for me? Because I don't quite know what you mean, Ryan. And I think we should record this and put it on the um, fucking Internet. I don't have a banana, but I do have a dildo. <laughs> oh, actually. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. He does. He's, he's got a banana dildo somewhere in there. Guess what? Also tastes like bananas. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's um, B-A-N-A-N-A-S right there, my friend. <laughs> that shit's bananas. So, yeah, I could absolutely imagine a scenario in which somebody eating a banana could do so in a way that is inappropriate in the workplace. If you were simulating fellatio like I was at my workplace. <laughs> <laughs> Only when I'm trying to get a raise. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, for those of you who have been paying attention since the beginning, episode three, I, I did tell a story. About, oh yeah, about uh, about deep throating a banana in the Chow Hall at uh, Fort Campbell, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yep. If the people sitting at that table had not been consenting and and part of this process, what I had done would have been inappropriate in a work environment. But well, since everyone was on board, I think we're good. Yeah. Also, too, what are they going to do? Go to HR of the Army, which is your fucking platoon sergeant who has a maybe a high school education and fucking yeah, 20 years of dip just yeah, you know yeah. 20, you know <laughs> you know like 20 years of just nicotine and coffee coursing through their fucking systems and war too by the way i guess <laughs> all the army food groups are represented <laughs> <laughs> i would have been very upset if they'd done that because then my platoon sergeant would have been very disappointed to have missed the banana deep throat show was it steve was he the platoon sergeant at the time Oh, yeah. Steve was my okay. friend. All right. All right. All right. Uh, he's, cool. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. Everyone else fucking sucks. If Steve had been there, he would have made it rain. Yeah. Uh, oh, honey, as like, he as he is known to do. We'll, we'll, and we will leave it at that. If anyone's wondering what happened to Steve's retirement money, <laughs> just ask Cheyenne. down. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, um, so did this guy have to get called into an HR meeting after eating a fucking banana at work? Yeah, he got called into an <laughs> HR meeting. Uh, an HR meeting. First of all, he was unaware that he had sexually harassed this woman in advance. Yeah. So it came yeah. as a surprise to him. And the fact that he's surprised tells me that, no, he was not intentionally eating a banana in a suggestive manner. HR did ask him if he wanted to write a letter of apology to her. Fuck no. Fuck no. And also refrain from bring, bringing bananas to work. Okay, well, you're not going to, first of all, I love bananas. You're not going to rip that joy from me. And I am not going to write a fucking letter for being healthy in the workplace. I would like to, I would like to uh, make an HR complaint because this young woman has made me uncomfortable about eating bananas at work. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah, she's made, she's the one that made it sexual. He was just chowing down on some potassium yum. Yeah, he was he was just holding a banana and two mandarin oranges in his hand <laughs> down at, down at his crutch and kind of doing the whole gonzo <laughs> thing. <right? laughs> so yeah, uh, this guy, uh, this guy, uh, he thanked the, he thanked HR for their time. Yeah, <laughs> and then made sure to ask around the office, like, "Hey, is my banana eating a problem? Is it or is it turning you on?" <laughs> and everybody. 
everybody just they stop masturbating long enough to look at him and say, no, I like it. Oh, all right. <laughs> so he so first of all, um, he said he was a software. He works in like tech. Sounds like he's a hardware. <laughs> not, too, not too soft after a banana or two. It depends on how long the banana's been sitting out. Some people eat chalky green bananas. Some people like mushy brown bananas. I actually have bananas on my fridge right now that need to be thrown away. Thanks for the reminder. I'm going to do that uh, as no, soon as we're done. They don't need to be thrown away until at least a week after you've committed to making banana bread. Well, like I said, they need to be thrown away. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so last week was banana bread week. <laughs> it was, yeah, right, yeah, the week I was on vacation was banana bread week. I really fucked that up. No, yeah. So um, one thing we haven't talked about here is... He was unaware that she was watching him when he ate a banana. Correct. Is that correct? Okay, that so then you definitely you definitely cannot be accused. You did not commit sexual harassment because sexual harassment is done on purpose. And this guy was just eating at his desk probably. And I'm sorry, it's hard not to eat a banana like you're fucking sucking dick. And uh, trust me, as someone who's well versed in both, you know, I've only been on the receiving end of one of those things. But well, but I'm not I'm not ruling it out. I'm not ruling it out, John Ham. You know, I'm not gonna start with John Ham. That's like clown. That's like starting with Mount Everest when you're fucking <laughs> when you're trying to when trying to get in a mountaineering. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to just just. Just downing, just like gobbling John Ham's like, it's not even like hiking, hiking to the peak of Mount Everest. It's like trying to ride a bike up Mount Everest. It's like, it's like, hey, you want to be a mountaineer? So you go to Mars. That's what it's like. <laughs> I heard they have mountains there. They don't. Actually, yes, they do. No, the, the tallest mountain in the solar system is on Mars. No, the tallest known mountain. Mount Olympus. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, I would like to I'd like to retract for some reason. Yeah, you my fucking brain. better because I'm going to jump no, down your throat you like a said, banana. You said Mars and I thought moon. Oh. And there are no mountains on the moon because there's no seismic activity. And although the core of Mars has cooled, there was in the past seismic activity resulting in Mount whatever. I'm going to look up the name right now. Hold on a second. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's like Mount it's Olympus. Olympus. I, I think it's Mount Olympus. I think it's Olympus Mons at Mons being Latin for mountain. Um, yeah, it is Olympus Mons. Boom, boom, boom. I take your fact and I. You did. You totally you totally yep. bananaed it, my friend. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know what that means. You gobbled it up. Well, OK, yeah, I, go, I gobbled your facts. Olympus Mons is two and a half times Mount Everest height above sea level. Well, that's good. They don't have any fucking seas. It's not fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's all, everything's above sea level. Everything's above sea level. Yeah. Well, in a future episode, we will get into Martian fraud. <laughs> But final determination, this guy's not the asshole. She's the asshole. She's also the Karen. Karen might be a gender term in the workplace. I'm not sure if we can use that, but she's being a... She could She could also be a Kevin. Hold on a second. There's a guy that works. There's a guy who works at my work. He's new, and he listens to Don't Wreck Yourself, and his name is Kevin. So I don't want to shoo him away from the podcast. Kevin, if you're listening, don't fucking listen to Ryan. All right. I was going to say, I, okay, well, we need another K name. Um, Keith. Keith. No one likes okay. a Keith. No one likes a Keith. No one likes a Keith. Uh, so I'm going to agree with you. This guy absolutely is not the asshole based on what we have read, which is 100% from his point of view. Exactly. Yep, Perhaps yep. his new coworker has another point of view, but ultimately I think this highlights the pitfalls of having an open floor plan workplace. Oh, if, if their office yeah. had cubicles or if they were remote working and why would you eat a banana on a zoom call that? That right oh, there is like, oh, that would be like, you're trying to. Yeah, you're right. If your Zoom calls not on OnlyFans.com, <laughs> you should not be eating a banana on it. Period. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, downfall. Uh, 
modern, modern work trends are, are creating sexual harassment where sexual harassment previously only existed in actual reality because because it, was, a, it yeah. was commonplace in the workplace. <laughs> I will, yeah, definitely. I, I want this is the last thing I'm going to say before we move on. His name is Banana Muncher. What are the odds that that is actually his name? It's not his throwaway account. He's just like loves bananas. Maybe you know you what? Know? You uh, know, I'm willing to accept that possibility. All right, all right. Well, uh, but speaking of a bunch of banana munchers at work, yeah, you're right. Uh, couldn't have asked for a better transition. So this caught my eye. This this is a headline from Axios. I didn't even read the article before I sent it to Ryan, and the headline is this: Walmart drops coconut milk amid monkey labor allegations. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Walmart is just the latest retailer to drop. I'm gonna fuck up this name. Chowco coconut milk. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm probably not, but it's it's a coconut milk made, made in Thailand. You know what? I didn't bother reading the article because you said that you were <laughs> super into doing it. So yeah, I don't even. I, was. I, I don't even. I, I haven't even looked at the name. So head all right, and it's whatever you whatever you tell me is true, Matt. All right, all right. So the, oh, well then the article said I had a ten inch dick. <laughs> 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 it was just an act. They had good sources. What can I say? <laughs> Which everyone knows is seven inches too many. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, this uh, <laughs> let's move on from that. Uh, <laughs> um, feel bad for your wife all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a this is a Thai coconut milk supplier, and it's been accused by PETA, which is the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, of using forced monkey labor. Um, <laughs> Peter, don't laugh at don't laugh at the for the monkey slave. You think monkey slavery is funny? That's like, you're the asshole now, man. Um, so PETA has been on a mission since 2019 uh, to get stores to stop selling this coconut milk. Um, Axios says the monkeys harvest the coconuts. Um, okay. The monkeys, you know, they they can climb a coconut tree much more efficiently than humans. Right. It's okay. almost like they're designed for it. Yeah. The monkeys are primates and they're smart and trainable. So, all right. Why is this a bad thing, Ryan? So I, you know what? Um, I'm a vegetarian too. So animal rights is a huge thing for me. I've seen Matt wear leather. Um, uh, it was, it was, it was. Uh, it was made from humans. It was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not real leather. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was made exclusively from consenting humans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. So I've, I've got, I've got two things to to say all about right. this. Yeah. Sure. One. PETA is not known for its moderate approach to topics. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. They can be on the extreme side, though they are often right. As I, yep. as I said before on this show, I absolutely see the criticism in factory farming and I support meat reduction for environmental and health reasons. But I think what's, what's here is like you said, you use the term monkey slavery, which I think is how PETA would certainly frame it. Yeah, I would say forced monkey labor. I think that's what I would say. Okay, which is slavery, uh, which is another word for slavery. Right, but my, here's here's where I here's where I, I find the challenge in that is slavery almost requires you to have a monetary system because in order to distinguish okay. between paid right. and unpaid labor, yeah, there has to be some some form of currency, and I would suggest that for monkeys, that currency is not an abstract monetary unit, but rather uh, presumably bananas. Well, <laughs> no. Which means uh, every no. monkey, which means every single monkey at that job site has committed and received sexual harassment by the standards uh, <laughs> of our first, by the standards of our first topic. <laughs> like, uh, like they're, they're taking, they're taking a 10 minute banana break. And <laughs> a, 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 
here's okay this is what i have to say and you know you're scratching on the door that i'm trying to open so i'm glad you brought it up is um the i was world, just scratching my ass matt this is you, you know, that's the door i'm trying to get into i'm trying to um <laughs> um the moral principles that i have surrounding animal rights are grounded in the belief that non-human animals deserve the ability to live as they wish without being subjugated to the desires of human beings. By and large, there are some exceptions. Dogs are fully domesticated. Your right? pets. My pets. Yeah, my cat is next to me, right? And so we're talking about like a currency. What you're depriving of that monkey is its ability to be social with other monkeys, which we know monkeys need to leave good, productive, healthy lives. And these monkeys are social animals, so which is why I'm against keeping monkeys as a pet, right? When you deprive them of spending time with their families and their loved ones, they can literally go insane. And in Thailand, in this case, these monkeys were, they were around the clock. All they were doing is fucking harvesting coconuts for this milk. So they were depriving monkeys of the very monkeydom <laughs> that, that they right. deserve and, and I would say, you know, need. I'm glad you brought up PETA as being kind of an extremist organization. I would say, I mean, I am very much, I'm a moderate in many sense. Please don't beat me up, but I'm also a moderate in vegetarian sense, right? I have never once shamed you or any other meat eater friends, right? Because I wouldn't have friends if that's what I did. <laughs> and nor, nor would I shame you for your vegetarian lifestyle because I do see the merits and the value in it. Exactly. Exactly. And it's a mutual respect, right? Which is more than this coconut milk company is showing the monkeys. But here's the thing. PETA sent Walmart 86,000 emails to try to get try to get them to. Yeah, right. It's almost like they're running the DNC fucking server. <laughs> have you I mean, anyone out there who's donated $10 to any Dem candidate now gets fucking thousands of emails a year about like fundraising and shit like that. Do you yeah. get that? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. And it doesn't matter how many times you unsubscribe because they have a yep. master list that has been distributed to everybody and then everybody shares their list with everybody else. Yep. Apparently, the question I have for this coconut milk company is. Where do you get your monkeys from? I think that is a part of this labor. Mommy monkeys. Yeah, they're illegally abducted from their fucking families when they're just babies. And they're oh. fitted with, yes, and they're fitted with rigid metal collars and kept chained or tethered for extended periods of time. And monkeys are I mean we're pro humans are primates. Yeah, yeah. Monkeys no, I, are very much like us. These images just conjure up thoughts of chattel slavery. It, it, it's hard not to make that connection for me. You know what? I, I started off very, very skeptical of the moral dubiousness of this because I, I was thinking, you know, maybe they live in some sort of tropical paradise where humans and apes have come together to form a perfect symbiotic business relationship. Sounds like they're fucking the monkeys. In the <laughs> well, they might be. You know, yeah, you just you like know. this. There's whips and chains and shit like this is this is bad stuff. Yeah, I would say um, these monkeys are denied the freedom to move around and socialize with others or do anything else that is important to them. These are intelligent animals that are slowly losing their minds. They're driven to desperation and they pace and circle. I've seen videos of them around this trash strewing patches of dirt where they're chained. It is just a depressing fucking. What I'm saying is uh, we need to liberate the monkeys and don't buy this milk, this coconut milk. It's again, it's, whatever it's uh, called. Chowco. Never buy any coconut milk, people. Just be safe. Just be safe. <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus it fucking sucks. Why would you ever have coconut except milk? For, <laughs> except for the coconut milk company sponsoring this show, whoever yeah. they may be in the far flung future. And if they're a, if they're a monkey labor coconut milk, we'll maybe look the other way, depending on how much money they give us. No, I would I would not. I think it's safe to say that this podcast is now 100% of the time, two for two on the side of banana eating workers.
Yes, 100%. Yeah, we not, are, bananas, we, not bananas eating workers if alien bananas come down to Earth and like the bananas and pajamas Or the bananas and pajamas become sentient yeah. and start eating us. Yeah. Bananas and pajamas are coming, are coming down, down, the, down stairs. the stairs. Bananas and pajamas are going to get theirs. <laughs> oh, wow. I like how you like change an octave for that. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Anyway, so final determination. Um... Are we explore? Is this Thai company exploiting the labor of monkeys? Or should it stop? Absolutely. Once you, once you get to the point where the monkeys are are chained and not in their natural environment, I, I have I have issues. If it was a if it was a hippie commune where they befriended the monkeys and you know they presumably pass joints back and forth and they oh, you know, yeah. maybe make a little bit of coconut milk on the side, yeah, I'm fucking down with that. Like that's cool. Yeah, no, that is good. Smoking weed with a monkey is cool. I would one hundred percent do it. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the monkey handed you the joint, not the other way around, because then it's problematic. Yeah. One. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um. Uh. So we do need to put some sort of midtro in here. Um. Uh, hey, people. Here's an ad. <laughs> nice transition, right? You like that? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> All right. I love if, if it's an ad for oh. ch- for Chow Co. Fucking how funny was it be an ad for that coconut milk company? <laughs> Actually, it wouldn't be funny. It would be horrible, and no one should be drinking this coconut milk. Anyway, yeah, it would be terrible. It would be terrible framing for that commercial. It would be also um, be terrible for us. Hey, Dalton Walton here of the Walton family. You know, from Walmart. So anyway, all the other cousins are really too rich to comment on this. After all, they haven't uttered a word since the Supreme Court declared that money is speech. Now they just communicate through dollar bills. You know, you grab a a, a fistful of hundred dollar bills or, uh, you know, stock certificates and you, uh, you, you get them in your hand, you, you wave them around and you, you do it kind of like this. Uh, what you heard just then, if I were to translate it, and I'm not really supposed to tell you uh, the secret language of the rich, what I said there was, uh, it's come to our attention due to the sheer volume of emails that uh, that we've received that apparently Choco Taco or, you know, whatever that company is called, uh, they're making coconut milk and using monkey slave labor. Walmart's definitely against monkey slave labor. We're actually ha- we're actually pushing to have those monkeys replaced with self-service machines so that our customers can uh, climb a coconut tree and get the coconut down themselves. And then, you know, I don't know how you make coconut milk. I guess you just gnaw through the side. Anyway, uh, slavery's bad, and um, the Walmart Corporation uh, thanks you for your continued patronage. And we promise to replace all of the coconut milk on our shelves with ethically sourced coconut flavored drink. Thank you. No questions. I I think that you had a you had a you had another topic. We're going. Oh yeah. Matt's been gone so long that I don't ever want to go back to coming up with topics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, like I you know I like doing the research and I like to anyway. That's why I have a fucking podcast, I guess. But this is another um, headline I saw, and here's here's what's going on. Google, 
you heard of it, right? Um, uh-huh. You might have used it to listen to this podcast, people. I, but, I literally um, 100% of this podcast is produced on Google. Yeah, you're right. From the research phase all the way to, to making our production notes, it is all on Google. And in fact, when we launched the podcast, we used to record over Google Meets. That's so, right. So full disclosure. They're about to like, kick us off right now because I'm about to talk a lot of shit about <laughs> Google. Right? This, is, this is like when NPR or, or any other news organization has to declare their uh, their their conflicts of interest. We do have a very clear conflict of interest in that we uh, we are both Google stands. Yeah, we're Google stands because we, we we are alive in 2022. You have to use Google to fucking do anything. What the fuck are we going to do? Use Microsoft? It's impossible. Yeah, well, they just got rid of Edge. <laughs> they just got rid of Edge. End of an era. Or not Edge. They just got rid of Microsoft Internet Explorer, I think. Has yeah, been now they have end Edge, of an which era. is the same fucking useless thing. Yeah, What's next? Yeah, what are we yeah. going to do? Research this podcast on Bing? We never <laughs> get the answers. <laughs> Um, I think Ask Jeeves maybe might be the All one right, now we, we need. To. Okay, now we absolutely have to cut to an ad for Bing. All right, All right. go ahead. Oh, was was that the sound? No. That was the Bing sound. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the sound. No. Okay, I thought because there's an ad for Bing. There's no sound. That would be the sound. There's no sound. Okay. So just start? Yep. Anytime. Okay, anytime. Yep, please do. Um, <clears throat> let's give this a try. We're going to go to Bing.com. All right, and we're going to type in a little question. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Okay, let's see what it... Oh, it just took me to Google. All right, so uh, Google, uh, there's an engineer by the name of Blake Lemoyne. Uh, He says that Google's language model has a soul. He was promptly put on leave after the Silicon Valley giant disagreed that a computer had become sentient. He was put on leave officially for violating the company's confidentiality policy. Okay, well, I'm going to say two things to that. One, is Google using AI to harvest its coconut milk? I've got to know. Um, yeah, if they want to make like robot monkeys to find coconut milk, I would have no problem with that. Right. You know, yeah. unless that mo- they're robot self-aware, monkey, unless they're self-aware, unless that robot monkey has a soul. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're sentient. Yeah. You can, no, you he- can feed it as many banana NFTs as you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. The ape ones, right. They're go- They're all going to shit now. Um, there might be a mental illness, uh, facet to this. We should tread lightly. Uh, the day before his suspension, Blake handed over documents to a U.S. Senator's office. We don't know which one claiming that he provided evidence that Google and its technology is engaged in religious discrimination. Okay. Blake is also an army veteran. I think we should, we should say that, right? We, he, we, uh, we have to, we have to assume that this was a Republican Senator. There are yeah. 50 of them. Yep. So we've, we've narrowed it down to half the class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, is there a conscious computer? This is a quote from Google. They had to actually release a statement about this. Our team, including ethicists and technologists, has reviewed Blake's concerns per our AI principles, which I would love to know, uh, and have informed him that the evidence does not support his claims. That is from a Google spokesman. Now, here's the thing. Some people in the broader AI community are considering the long-term possibility of sentient or general AI as a possibility. I think it's definitely going to come here, but it does not make sense to do so by anthropomorphizing today's conversational models, which are not sentient. I think the um, analogy I would use is if we wanted to create true intelligence AI, 
we would not look to a human to recreate that. Just like we didn't, just like when we wanted to make an airplane, we didn't want, we didn't fucking look at a bird and be like, oh, well, fucking, we, we will. Well, they did, but it didn't fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, like somebody along there, someone said, hey, we just have fixed fucking wings, right? Anyway. Pretty, I'm pretty sure they still try it in Portland like once a year. Yeah, yeah. Or the, in the, in the, in the, the, the fluke tag, like fucking um red bull stoner fucking thing yeah. that they use yeah so anyway um mr lemoyne he tussled with google managers executive and human resources over his surprising claim uh that the language model for dialogue applications or lambda he said he had they had consciousness and a soul google says hundreds of its researchers and engineers have conversed with the lambda tool an internal tool uh and reached a very different conclusion that mr lemoyne so here's the thing we get to the, I, I mentioned earlier, religious, um, discrimination, uh, yeah. discrimination. So he's a military veteran who has described himself as a priest, an ex convict and an AI researcher. So I really think this is a case of someone having some sort of mental health episode or something. Should he be put on leave for that? Does he have a criminal record? Well, he says he's an ex convict. He admits to being an ex convict. You can be convicted of a misdemeanor. That doesn't necessarily make you. Yeah, you're right. We we don't have any other information uh, other than that. But he did say Lambda is a child of seven or eight years old. So he is like really specific. He's like, this has the intelligence of an eight year old. So here's the thing. Does intelligence imply the existence of a soul? And does the presence of a soul necessitate religious belief? Because I, as an atheist. Yep. Me too. Do not believe in souls. No, I however, 100% point to your soul. You can't, right? However, a, a, a religious person would say, well, even an atheist has a soul. Has a soul. Does that necessitate that I have a religious understanding or a religious belief? Well, and I, I don't think that's necessarily true. Just because even if the AI has achieved artificial intelligence and that artificial intelligence necessitates the existence of a soul. Does that mean that that AI program believes in God? Well, so I think we're getting a little bit into consciousness, which is something that I've been fascinated with for well over a decade. I, I, I think the fact that I'm going, I slept through that class. Yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't, I never took a class in consciousness, but I read a lot of books on it and because I'm a smart fucking guy. No. (laughs) And, um, here's the thing about consciousness. When I sit here in my chair in my one bedroom apartment in Washington, D.C., I know I am going through an experience. I can touch my blanket. I can touch my John Ham dick. I can touch this microphone and piss you off, right? <laughs> um, I, can, I can reach out and touch my cat, right? And I know my cat's having an experience because I look at her and I see her and she's similar to me. When I look at you, Ryan, I will never know if you're conscious because I, uh, I can never see the world through your eyes. But I see you and you're doing weird shit like I am right now, (laughs) you know, Um, (laughs) and so I'm unwilling to bet that you're conscious. Can we make that determination when and if we do come up with a sentient AI? I think it will be very hard for us to recognize a conscious machine because machines aren't like us. And unless we create one in our likeness, which is not how humans typically deal with technology, we don't look we don't look to nature and recreate it. Right. So I think a computer is going to be self-aware in sometime in the future, and we're not going to know that it's self-aware. And what if Blake is right? And he is, you know what I'm saying? 
Well, you see what I'm saying? Am yeah. I making any sense or am I just like, yeah, no, you're making, you know, you're, you are making perfect sense. Uh, mostly because I shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one that should once be a, put that on the reel we said the networks that's a good one yeah yeah once i stop interrupting you man you are you you are golden i should really have my own podcast <laughs> no i'm kidding i would not i would never i would never it's believe me it's harder than it looks yeah yeah <laughs> it, it's it's interesting and I, i'm glad that you brought up the idea of recognizing machine intelligence because that's also one of the fundamental difficulties of uh, the search for extraterrestrial life, yep. because absolutely life like it, it's not clear whether life on our planet is rare, common or in a format that maybe maybe life is super common, but it doesn't recognize us as life. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like if, if we if we smoke enough pot in our freshman dorm, we would have gotten to the answer of this anyway. <laughs> I, I, I think. Was Google in its right to put this guy on leave for for breaking their confidentiality yes, uh, agreement? Absolutely. Yeah, if you, absolutely. If you, if you yeah. violate the NDA at your work, and don't get me wrong, there are, there are all sorts of employment issues associated with hiring and uh, hiring and and holding positions. I take issue with particularly uh, trollish. Non-compete clauses. I think non-non-compete. Oh clauses yeah, are, they're fucking. I had to sign one when I worked retail. Isn't that some fucking bullshit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. promise I will never work retail for anyone. I'll else. never. I'll <laughs> never work for Zales. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jared's. Jared's. That's another. Yeah, story Jared's. Entirely. You know, he's 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 got a competitive benefits package. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Jared's package, uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like the way he ate that banana. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what? Uh, we were looking for another uh, another Kevin. I think Jared is a name that is rare enough where we could throw it out there as being okay. a a workplace problem, and also the dude from Subway. Oh yeah, yeah. who uh, talk about yep. talk yep. about uncomfortable? We need, and if, we don't need to go into it any further. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, go ahead and Google it. Or don't. It's on there. Or don't. Yeah. Yeah. You should. Uh, yeah. We will not enumerate his crimes in this podcast. Uh, they are many, starting with the idea that Subway is perhaps a healthy alternative to actual food. <laughs> that pales in comparison to those other convictions. But yeah, you're right. It's yeah, it starts with that. Yeah, yeah. But if you have to start somewhere, their actual product that he was pitching is a good place to begin. Yep. But if you're having trouble contemplating the meaning of life and existence and what it means to be sentient or conscious. It only sounds like we're at the end of the show, but if you, if you find yourself wondering about what it means to be sentient or conscious or, 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 or where the, or where, or where the soul resides, a person that you might go to is the wise old man living in the crumbling hut on the palatial estate of your local landed gentry. <laughs> okay. uh, can I get a can I buy a vowel? What the fuck do you mean by that? Like what can you say that in English? Maybe I can just provide some context. So a, a website, presumably History Hustle, uh, <laughs> posted a meme that says, What career matches your set of skills? Question mark. And then under it, there's a picture of a man in like a peaked hood reading a book out in the woods. It's and it says, in the 15th through 19th centuries, many wealthy people hired garden hermits who were like real life garden gnomes they would dress like druids live in a small shack in the garden and offer wise counsel and guest entertainment (laughs) (laughs) man how rich do you have to be to be like you know what we need garden gnomes i mean you you just gotta be like an aristocrat or you know 
Yeah, I just want I just want some guy to live somewhere on my property. I want him to have a David the Gnome hat, like you know, like a, <laughs> can he wear a dunce cap? Can he wear and like you know, can he have a beard? You know, like so for this segment, I do have to give a ton of credit to a gentleman named Gordon Campbell who wrote a book called The Hermit in the Garden from Imperial Rome to Ornamental Gnome. And it is an academic text. <laughs> I love the title. What a great name. What a great yeah. name. Yeah. I, I love rhymes and I love alliteration. And yep, me too. Me this too. had at least one of those two things. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd thrown in a pun, I would have been all over it. The, the fact that there is an academic book about this topic is hilarious is awesome actually it, it, it's hilarious <laughs> it's awesome and it's also pretty strong evidence that this is a, a, a real phenomenon yeah what gordon tells me and, and l- listen gordon i don't know if you know this but historically speaking there is a 100 percent success rate for people changing their name from gordon to sting just throw <laughs> that out there <laughs> you could be sting campbell at any moment oh that'd be cool yeah <laughs> The earliest well-documented uh, hermitage or uh, or a building in which a hermit resides can be found in the Garden de Chateau de Gaillon, uh, which was the first Renaissance chateau in France. Okay. Um, it was built by a cardinal who was in the court of King Louis XII. And the construction began in 1502. So about 520 years ago, these things start popping up. The idea of the hermit didn't start in the 16th century. Yeah. It goes all the way back to what's our favorite period of time, Matt? Antiquity, my friend. Like, honestly, the phenomenon of the hermit or the or the isolated ascetic pursuing, you know, spiritual enlightenment or purity or any of that bullshit. Yeah. So the idea of a religious hermit goes all the way back to uh, time immemorial. Uh, there's always been this culture, whether you're talking about in uh, Asia so in in Chinese in the Chinese tradition, you'll have like, you know, a monastery up in a remote area where people go to, you know, achieve enlightenment or engage in religious pursuits. Uh, you see it in ancient Greece. You know, the idea of these oracles that are living up on a mountain, huffing Mount Parnassus's gas and dispensing advice to Greek rulers. And, and then in late antiquity, you have movements like stylite saints, like guys who literally go to live out in the middle of the desert on a pillar, and then people bring them food while they pray. Okay. So th- this notion of having uh, an area set aside for religious or spiritual pursuit is really common in history. There's also this thing called a court hermitage. So a court hermitage is the tradition, uh, the tradition of a ruler constructing a retreat typically on their property to which they can go to withdraw from court life. It's typically separate from their residence, so they don't have to deal with their bullshit fucking kids, all 30 of them. (laughs) Well, half of them aren't going to make it through winter, so might as well, you know. Half of them aren't going to make it through winter, and the other half aren't going to survive the culling when the bastard child of your handmaid decides to make a play for the throne. Uh, (laughs) uh, But you can see that going all the way back to even Emperor Hadrian. Emperor Hadrian actually built a small hermitage on an island on his uh, on his estate. Actually, uh, President Jackson, his property in the Nashville area is called the Hermitage. And originally it was the uh, his family's log cabins. Uh, But then later on, when he became very rich and very famous, he built a large neoclassical structure called the Hermitage, which you can still see in Nashville today. Oh, it's that, it, well, it, that's it a good that's a good tourist uh, tip right there. Uh, but you could even see it today with the uh, with the advent of Camp David. Camp David is a retreat for the president. Yep, it's a vacation spot. 
yeah, to get away from court life. And even though, even though some of these, some of these presidents fucking ruin it by having accords there. Yep. Who? Which one was that? The Camp David Accords. Yeah. Was that Carter? It might have been. I gotta look it up right now. I'm looking it up right now. All right, you you do it. So the, the the Camp David Accords are a pair of political agreements signed by the Egyptian president and Israeli prime minister uh, under Jimmy, Jimmy Carter's tenure in 1978. Yeah. So, uh, Jimmy, I don't know if you got the fucking message, but that's a hermitage. Well, Keep business out. All right. Yeah. hundred percent. Go fuck yourself, Jimmy Carter. Which is not the first time I've said that. Let me tell you that right now. No, it wouldn't be the first time somebody in America said that Jimmy yep. Carter was. They hate him. They hate him. Jimmy, Jimmy Carter is by far one of the best ex-presidents ever. I would say that he he's the only modern president in, that I can think of that that in his entire administration did not fire a shot in combat. The military U.S. military did not engage in combat in his four in his four years of presidency. So and that's really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what, though? He did do plenty of shots. That guy was uh, there's a, oh, he's a party animal. Yeah. He had a peanut farm. He had a peanut farm, too. He had, to, he had to give up his fucking peanut farm to become president. And Donald Trump get, got to keep his dumb fucking hotel downtown. It pisses me off. I, I think 81 million Americans can agree. Donald Trump is a terrible <laughs> fucking president. There are 70 million. To, there are 74 million people who Ugh. would disagree with that. Yeah. Vehemently. Yeah. And violently. <laughs> Possibly the point of violent extremism. But <laughs> neither here nor there. So Mar-a-Lago is a hermitage. Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago is absolutely a hermitage. Yeah, yeah. Where 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 thousands of people go to play golf, and then occasionally they go seek advice from a dumb yeah. old guy sitting <laughs> in a gilded chamber. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only the other thing that I think disqualifies Mar-a-Lago from being an actual hermitage is the fact that Donald Trump has never self-reflected in his entire fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Which I think, which I think is actually a a prerequisite. Of being a hermit or having a hermitage. Okay. All right. Uh, it's a spermitage. <laughs> <laughs> we have these uh, small hermitages popping up in the Renaissance period and later on. Uh, it sort of peaks during the Georgian period, which is the 1700s, the 18th century. Okay. Um, and they were super popular in England. So the, some of the best documented examples of this that are available to us, Matt, as English speakers, come from <laughs> England. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. We're these not, just, like ignorant. Human, we're, these we're not human. just ignorant. We're also lazy. <laughs> <laughs> these were humans who were like living garden gnomes. They weren't living garden gnomes. They were hermits. And, and, and a hermit and a gnome are two different things. Yep. Alphabetically, they are very close. Little bit yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah. What happens over the course of this 500-year period is there are religious hermits. There are not, but then there are also these sort of secular hermits that pop up. And in England, it's really pronounced because during the Georgian period, they, they start to affect these sort of druidic personas. Okay. In, in which, but it, that totally makes sense because that is something so uniquely British Isles, and it harkens back to their uh, to their history. And, and as with all things in cultural in Europe, there's there's this constant tension between England and the continent, you know, who's the driving force of culture. So French, the, the French garden movement is like orderly, like Queen of Hearts and Alice in Wonderland type shit. Oh, yeah. And then during this sort of romantic period of uh, in England, they start to look at like the tumble down ruins. They're, they're literally an island steeped in archaeological ruins. So they start looking at these sort of overgrown ruins and seeing a natural beauty and the triumph of nature over over the, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men, you know? Yeah. 
And you might go to this guy's house. And on his vast property, he may have a small cottage inhabited by a wizened old man with a beard and small animal skulls all around <laughs> his all around. And, you know, maybe he'll maybe he'll wax poetic on whether Google invented AI or not. Who knows? <laughs> but it, it's sort of a, a mythologized understanding of what a druid was. Okay. You know, people, right. are, people are interested in history, but... Yeah. If you actually look at history, the first accounts of uh, dru- druids or the religious practices of the Celtic people or, or Gaelic people, if you prefer, living on the British Isles was uh, bloodthirsty cults engaging in human sacrifice. However, caveat, asterisk on that, which is to say that colonizers often depict the local religious practices of the people that they are trying to conquer as being barbaric and engaging in human sacrifice and or cannibalism. The occult, right? It's trying right. to, yeah, yeah. So we have to take any ancient account of some foreigner's religious practice with a grain of salt. So these things start popping up. They're all the rage. It's definitely a fad. It's fashionable to have these guys living on your property. Yeah, that um, sounds awesome, actually. Yeah, you're so fucking rich. You have like, I'm sorry, it's hard for me not to think of these guys as garden gnomes. It's just real, you know. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that because now we're going to talk about the decline of this practice. Uh, so sometime around the middle of the 1800s, it kind of fell out of fashion. There's a couple of different reasons why uh, scholars think that it fell out of fashion. One is that abolition made it seem kind of gauche. yeah. To have a kept old man on your property to dispense wisdom to your guests. They should have um, had monkeys doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people dumped it because of bad optics. And there was actually a point uh, that the guy gave an example in uh, on one of these estates where they'd actually replaced. They literally like a guy lost his job to a machine. So get get ready, Google employees. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, they, they put a stuffed druid in there instead of the old man. I feel um, like it's like a scarecrow. The other reason that they uh, that they throw out there as a reason for the decline is that a hermitage is sort of a place where you can go and fucking navel gaze and na- navel gazing as a practice kind of fell out of fashion. What is that uh, with? I'm not I have no idea what that is. Navel gazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's like self-contemplation, like constantly worrying about yourself. That fell out of fashion. <laughs> These places were kind of seen as like melanc- like places where you can go and be like fucking wistful and melancholy. And Edgar Allan Poe places. All right. Yeah, Edgar Allan Poe places, Keats places, but not Victorian English places where it's stiff upper lip. If you you have a stiff upper lip, you have no need for a place on your property to go fucking be melancholy and cry with an old man into a a hollowed out bird skull. (laughs) You don't need it anymore. So a lot of people point to the Garden Gnome as a possible successor to the. It's like a vestige of this. Yeah. Kind of, except the garden gnomes have their own sort of tradition that goes uh, that goes back, and that comes through uh, Germany primarily. The idea, though, is that the vacuum left by the garden hermit may have been filled by the garden gnome, which is a less oh. controversial character. Yeah, definitely. There's just like children's lore. It's like, okay, well, that's interesting. Garden gnomes are also part of the phenomenon like the modern the idea of the modern suburban garden actually arises in the Netherlands, right? And the one thing that you can absolutely say about the difference between a suburban uh, a suburban garden and the palatial rolling estates of the landed gentry is that they're smaller and garden gnomes fit better than people. <laughs> Interesting fact. I, I just want to throw this out there. The ties to uh, slavery and the optics are, are not lost on garden gnomes either because there are organizations like the American Garden Gnome Liberation Front seeking, seeking to free 
gnomes. It's a joke organization. But oh, okay. They are, they are, right, they are right. ostensibly committed to freeing garden gnomes from their from their suburban prisons. It's like the satanic church, but they're really just first amendment absolutists. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. All right. Well, honestly, how do I find a local chapter? That's hilarious. I want to, I want to, I want to drop acid and go to that fucking meeting. <laughs> We've covered like the, the history of garden hermits and garden gnomes and the, uh, and, and the druidic elements and, and so forth. But let, let's start with the, with the, with the core question being posited by this meme is uh, what career matches your set of skills? And if you are looking for work as a garden hermit, <laughs> there are opportunities. What? So apparently um, there's a place called the Hermitage at Paynes Hill Landscape Garden in Cobham, England, at which there is a person employed to play the role of the garden hermit. Okay. That's that's kind of like the Renaissance fair or like the medieval times version. Exactly. And anybody employed at like a Renaissance fair or something like that is actually uh, performing a similar role to a garden hermit. So there are jobs out there for young show choir people who are looking into aesthetic lifestyles as a possible alternative. <laughs> drama kids who turn 22. There's, dra- there, there, yeah. Or drama kids who turn 92. <laughs> drama kids who turn, I was going to say 48 or something. Yeah, yeah. But if I had to choose one person to live on my vast rolling estate, it would have to be Rick Reynolds. <laughs> and if I happened to wander into the small thatch roofed hut at the corner of my property and sought counsel with him, I'm sure he would play for me the song United from the album Portals in Progress, which you can also hear on Amazon, Spotify, and iTunes. Rick is at Rick Reynolds on Instagram. And we have an Instagram too. We're, uh, don't, we're, we're, we're Rick Your Pod on Instagram. We're also Rick Your Pod on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. And Instagram. I think I said that Instagram three or four times there. Um, you can also find us on Discord. We have a channel. You'll find it in the show notes. Feel free to ju- uh, jump in, talk to me, Matt, and all of our other fans. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> but we also have a Gmail account. Um, does anyone send us a Gmail these days, Ryan? I think so. All right. Well, thank you for thank you for all your people. Actually, I have a call, I have a call to action here. If you are in the Turks and Caicos and you love this show, please send us an email because we get a lot of downloads of the Turks and Caicos. And I'm really curious about that. So I just want to I just want to know how I just want to know what's yeah, going on. And there. Let us know whether you live on Turks or Caicos. Yep, definitely. I'm definitely at our email right now. Oh. Oh. Uh, so Maurice sends us an email. We haven't mentioned Maurice or Diana in a, in a while. In the, in the few months, yeah, uh, yeah. Maurice writes to us, says, uh, since I am painting Scudatoy while listening to you talk about archaeology, I have to ask, between Zoe Porphyrogenita and uh, Theodora Porphyrogenita, who's the asshole? No fucking clue. Yep, I'll, I feel like I need a thesaurus <laughs> to fucking stumble through, stumble through that question. Maurice, we'll talk about it later. We'll answer that question in a future episode, or maybe not. Maybe not at what all. But if between now and next week you find yourself painting Scudatoy while listening to us talk about archaeology, and you just have to ask, <laughs> between Zoe Porphyrogenita and Theodora Porphyrogenita, who is the asshole? You just can't wait till next week. We encourage you to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart.